薄いのはほabsolute eternal boyfriend <laughs> that's how this works yes hello husband in another room who are you besides my husband am i anything besides your husband uh that's up for you to decide <laughs> um i'm a rabbinical student with no manga credentials whatsoever but because i'm easy and in the same location as ashley she can make me read whatever she wants and be on this show with her. Okay, well, listen, the last thing we did was Chobits, and then it was like, hey, what if we do the actual shoujo equivalent of Chobits, since this is a shoujo manga podcast? <laughs> Wouldn't that be good? And then, like, sure, you're not the most qualified to talk about Absolute Boyfriend, but since we both put Chobits in our brain <laughs> a couple weeks ago... I feel that that makes it much, we were like, we can't squander this opportunity. So that, that's what we're doing here. Let's get into Absolute Boyfriend. So this beginning section will be as spoiler-free as possible, trying to keep it real high level, like what's it about, general thoughts about it. Also a quick note about Watase and pronouns. The last thing that we know, which might be outdated, but this is what I still see, is that Watase identifies as ex-gender, but still prefers slash accepts she, her pronouns. Um, so we will probably use she, her pronouns throughout, especially since we grew up when Watase was the coolest thing and we thought that she was female, so it's harder to unlearn something with our human brains. But we also might slip into they, they, there as well. So yeah, watch out. Watch out. <laughs> So, Asher. Yes. What is Absolute Boyfriend about? Absolute Boyfriend is about Rico, a normal high school girl who isn't very pretty or talented or smart, just, you know, very average girl who keeps getting rejected by guys. And after one such rejection, she gets this, hmm... She helps out this shady guy <laughs> who gives her a business card that sends her to a website that says, here, make your own lover. And, you know, in a sadness, anger-fueled fugue, she creates this ideal lover for herself. And then it shows up at her home the next day because it's... A Persicom. No, it's good. <laughs> it is, though. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It is a figure, is the term that this manga chooses to use. A very handsome robot that she names Knight because he is part of the Knightly series because he is supposed to have sex with his master. He can do it 30 times a night. 
Apparently, he can go 30 times a night. Yikes. Yep. Yikes. <laughs> Maybe some You're people... You're poor for JJ. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, only if you want, right? He is calibrated to your needs. True. Or, well, maybe not to your needs, but to what you... To what you thought you wanted. Yes. To your desires and then the data that he collects about your responses to him. She, It's only a free trial, of course. And if she keeps him, he's going to cost, what, a million dollars? Is that what they said? Yeah. yeah. But they, Kronos Heaven, the company, lets her keep him because... He's their prototype and they need data on how he actually works with women because apparently none of these people have ever, like, interacted with a woman before. Well, excuse me. we uh, I guess that's a spoiler. I can't say that. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Knight's job is to be Rico's boyfriend and make her happy. And the manga is sort of – it just follows her and her – childhood friend who loves her but hasn't said anything because he's a tsundere and he's a tsundere no he is he <laughs> he yeah he is Ugh, okay i don't i didn't interpret him as such but sure yeah, that's what i got out of him and of course it's a love triangle who will she choose the perfect robot or her childhood friend who you know is kind of mean and standoffish and but like actually does really care for her and has known also her forever. cooks all her meals yeah cooks all her meals takes care of her these children are all unsupervised uh, yep and <laughs> learning about sex from a robot isn't that while the robot good? while the robot learns about emotions from them yeah so it's a it's a reciprocal uh, relationship sure <laughs> okay is that a fair summary Yes, and uh, I would say that it, it styles itself as a rom-com, so there are lots of hijinks. You know, we started this being like, it's shoujo chobits, but it's like, it's not as nearly as serious as chobits can. No. <laughs> At any point. No. Not, not, none of that is there. Asher, had you read this before? No. No. I definitely read this when I was, you know... 16 or, or whatever <laughs> so a solid half of my life ago I'm old I don't remember really honestly loving it at the time and I wouldn't say that I love it now <laughs> yeah is there something that you liked about the series <laughs> I mean it's it's beautiful it's you Atase. the art is gorgeous the same face is strong though in uh not among the characters within the manga, but compared to her other manga, you're like, but isn't this just Tamahome? And it's like, yeah. <laughs> isn't this just Limdo? Yes. Yes, it is. I should say that Absolute Boyfriend and Genbu Kaiden uh, were running at the same time. So that part makes sense, actually. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. I had some same face problems within the manga but okay fine i think that yeah in the end i have to say that i don't particularly like this or joe bits like uh, that's i'm going on the record <laughs> those opinions <laughs> but it, it's pretty funny i think it is like if you 
read Chobits. It is an interesting response <laughs> to Chobits. I feel like you should read it if you're super into Chobits or vice versa, I guess. They're definitely in conversation with each other. Yeah. Especially since Watase is always going on about how she doesn't read Chojo manga and doesn't actually like it. And she's like, I just read Shonen and Seinen's. And it's like, okay, so you read Chobits. <laughs> like, you did. <laughs> Even that, uh, you're like, they chose to go with the word figure. And like, yeah, I don't know what it was in Japanese, but I'm just like, yeah, Clamp also had that interview where they talked about how they purposely didn't use the word robot, actually, because they were like, it's more like a computer. So that's why we, they went with personal computer for Persicom. And Watase was all like, yeah, robot isn't right. Like, I went with figure. <laughs> and it's like, okay, you're just stealing it, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just, it's hard for me because I'm like, there's no character I particularly like in this. Right. I do think the short stories in volumes, so volume six, it's six volumes total. So the last volume is actually like a third short story. So there's two short stories. I actually think, especially the second short story, it was really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I liked both of the short stories more than Absolute Boyfriend itself. Yeah. Like I'm more invested in the couple from the second story than I was in this love triangle. But. <laughs> Watase manga in general was really formative for me so like I cannot and obviously Chobits is pretty formative for a lot of people and beloved so like I think I cannot wholly dismiss it but I also can't wholly recommend it with my my heart feels you know <laughs> that's yeah that's how I'm gonna round out this section <laughs> okay <laughs> So Absolute Boyfriend is available from Viz Media's Shoujo Beatline. Uh, when I looked it up the first volume on Barnes & Noble, it was still available. So I'm going to say both physically and digitally. Actually, I didn't check digital. Whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> I also think that this manga has weirdly retained relevance via having three different live action adaptations from three different Asian countries. So I'm like, okay. Um, one came out, you know, in Japan around when the manga was running slash ended. So that came out in 2008. Uh, there was another one in Taiwan that w was from 2012. Both of those were like kind of short runs. But then more recently, there's been a 40 episode South Korean adaptation that came out in 2019 called My Absolute Boyfriend. And when I searched for Absolute Boyfriend initially, that's what came up. And I was like, no, I want the manga. These aren't the same, but they are apparently. So, like, I don't know. <laughs> Why are we still obsessed with this story? Maybe I'll go watch. I'm not into dramas like that, though, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, from here on out, we are going to spoil all the things. So, if you have not read Absolute Boyfriend and you want to, for whatever reason, I'm, I had no judgment. <laughs> Just, <laughs> if you want to, um, here's where you should pause and come back later. So here we go. We're going to get into it. So we will start with our usual, I think this one can be briefer, <laughs> character discussion. Starting with Rico, who I do not, is so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's not your type, is she? Oh, God, no. <laughs> 
I don't like Knight not articulating why he likes her is fine. He's a he's a figure like he's programmed to just like her like fine. I can accept that. But like Soshi, what are you doing? What are you doing? Right. He can do better. <laughs> <laughs> I try to be like, uh, oh, who do I hate more? Miyaka <laughs> or Rico? I think Rico, actually. I hate Rico more. I I don't disagree. Okay. Good. Yeah, Asher's watching OG FY anime right now. Yes, as we speak. As we speak. Just just right as on the podcast. <laughs> no. He's somewhere in the middle, so he has opinions about Miyaka that are nice and fresh. <laughs> I'm also more sympathetic towards characters like Miyaka than Ashley tends to be. Yeah, and I'm I'm not sympathetic for these whiny do nothing girls, honestly. <laughs> Rico's the epitome of that. I'm like, oh man. It's bad. I guess they like her because she's like like in the first volume, she gets into all that trouble with her fake best friend, Mika. And I guess it's like she's so innocent and like cute. And I'm just like, no, no, get out of here. <laughs> So it's a hard start for me because I don't like the girl. And then there's Knight, who's a Persicom. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about Knight? He's all right. Like, I definitely can see him as, like, this is someone's ideal boyfriend. Especially this is a 16-year-old girl's ideal boyfriend. But the whole... The fact that she programmed him to be a little jealous and overprotective is very annoying to me. I don't like that. She was just clicking buttons. I know. But <laughs> I, I assume she did want that. She thought she wanted that. Yes, the thing... Okay, see, in comparison to Showbits, what I do like is that this is a more realistic portrayal of how computers work. There's no nuance to it or anything, but like... You know, it's like, yeah, Rico clicked a bunch of settings uh, so that they could program her to her once. But he also collects data, too, because what we want and what we or like what we think we want and what we actually want are different things, actually. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, oh, I like that. It acknowledged that. But also Knight is still just like, OK, he doesn't obey anything, <laughs> actually. <laughs> Right. And he's not my he's not my ideal boyfriend. No, no. <laughs> no. Cause Ash is my ideal boyfriend. Aww. Aww. <laughs> Am I though? <laughs> yes. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Asher doubts my love for him. That's that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm not a computer. I am a human being. Yeah, but computers are bad. You know I think computers are bad. That's true. <laughs> I I almost I love that Rico kind of trolled the algorithm like unintentionally. But like yeah, like I'm always trying to troll algorithms. Like I'm either like you can't know or if I really have to answer, I'm going to put something absolutely false. <laughs> just like just to to mess it up <laughs> like you know uh i think google 
The one time I looked at it, thinks I'm like a 40 year old male anyway. Like, so, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Doesn't know what to think about me. And I'm like, good. That's how I like it. But yeah, N- Knight is a, is a nice boy and cool. I feel like now I'm just like, you know what? I had pro- I probably had good discussions with my friends who would have been way more into this as a teenager (laughs) (laughs) who were like, yes, this makes sense to me as a romantic dream. And me just like, what? I don't, I don't think so. (laughs) Um, Then there's Soshi who can do better. Soshi can do better. I, of the characters that exist, I do like Soshi the most. Yes. Um, because he's the most reasonable. He is the most reasonable. He has the most realistic reactions to the wacky premise of the series and also just like the wacky things that happen because Knight is a computer and has very computer-like <laughs> interpretations of what he should be doing. Um, and the other supporting cast are just off the walls. So she is there to be the straight man. And he he does it wonderfully. He's just doing he's doing a good job. Yeah, yeah. he's definitely the Tamahome. <laughs> if you say so. Okay, Aster doesn't believe me. I just don't get those Tamahome vibes from him. Maybe it's the glasses. He, it's the glasses. he gives they me completely throw you off. Yeah, yeah. He just gives me Magane vibes. Um, he's just every Magane character I've ever seen. I think I have the opposite reaction where I'm like, why did you just put glasses on Tamahome? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work. That doesn't work. It doesn't work. It just doesn't go. <laughs> anyway, then there's Gaku, who is stolen from a clamp manga. <laughs> or like, he's not, I don't, when I look at him, I'm not like, oh, that's some character from clamp. I'm just like, he belongs in a clamp on. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you put him in Suvasa, you'd be like, that's good. <laughs> like, that works. That's reasonable. That's fair. So, Gaku is the shady salesman of lover dolls, but his family owns a takoyaki stand. <laughs> <laughs> and that's cool. Also, he works at an organization who that really loves Boss Baby. <laughs> okay well Tase was like hey you know what the higher up they are in the chain of command the younger they are so it's just like literal like four-year-olds bossing bossing him around so I was like oh so boss baby they stole that from Watase that's how I I feel about the Gaku they also go to a different dimension which it got real weird I don't (laughs) I don't know how I felt about that. It made sense, it actually. It made, made things... I mean, it made more it made sense things make more than, sense. like, this taking place in the world, I guess. No, it still took place in the world, <laughs> but they just, like... They were like, we thought about this in a clamp universe. <laughs> Over here. <laughs> okay, okay, fine. That's how I think about it. Gaku could be fun, I guess. He wasn't so weird and working for Boss Baby. (laughs) (laughs) Then he wouldn't be Gaku anymore. I feel like the last character... There are lots of characters, which is a very short manga, and like I don't care about most of them. I don't even care about this cast. (laughs) But the last one of note is 
Miyabe. And she was definitely, I was like, girl, you had way more interesting things going on than anyone else on this list. And you got the short strips in this manga. Yeah, lots and lots of wasted potential with her. I think probably Watase might have been intending to ship her with uh, Soshi. Really? You always pair the spares, you know? That that, or she would have shipped her with Toshiki, who was another figure who turned up and wasn't important but kept turning up. Yeah, you know, there's lots of little funny slash weird subplots. I hesitate to call them funny because sometimes it's, you know, Watase loves the, this is almost rape, but like, it's not. Yeah. It's like, okay, why? Yeah. Why, 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 why? Yeah. Watase also claims that she didn't know who Rico would end up with in the end while, you know, writing the series. And you had some doubts about that after. Uh, well. But then you also think that she was going to pair Soshi with Miyabe. Yeah, I don't actually necessarily doubt that she didn't know where she was going because she did say initially, like, I'm writing this just kind of by the seat of my pants. Because my focus is Genbu Kaiden, which is a much better manga. I just, my doubt is like, why wouldn't this high school girl fall for the perfect man that she created? Like, duh. No. Well, counterpoint is that she thought he was the perfect man that she created and i don't think he actually is okay <laughs> but she's she yeah she hunkers down on, so in the end we get a cop out where she's all <laughs> like night i choose night but night is a computer that dies after four months or whatever you know right. like <laughs> uh so but night like blessed her relationship with soshi and so she ends up with Soshi in the end, but it ends with saying that Knight is her eternal boyfriend. And it's just like, oh, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All, all of you suck. All of you suck. <laughs> I don't like this. Anyway, Miyabe, yeah, is a, is a money grubber because she apparently got caught in a fire and has a lot of scars on her back and believes that nobody will ever love her, which, like, girl, no. She had so much going on. So much. And she's the first one who tells Miyaka, like, or... (laughs) (laughs) Rico. (laughs) Same thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She's the first one who... I think I was going to say... Talk about Mika. It's too much. Anyway... (laughs) She's the first one to tell Rico that uh, Mika is not really like, she's like, you're dumb, you know? (laughs) It's Rico, Mm -hmm. like, how can you not see? Yeah, so she's just like a weird, quirky, semi-reasonable character in the background doing way cooler things than any of the main three schmucks. And we're with justice for Mayabe. Give her her own manga. (laughs) (laughs) Oh... Give her her own manga, Watase. Just kidding. Work on Biako, Watase. Just kidding. Just sit down and relax. (laughs) Just take it easy. Just write like a page a day and, you know, like rake in all them royalty monies. Like it's fine. It's good. (laughs) Anyway, we'll get to that later. Um, So I think the two main themes to talk about, especially 
in a compare and contrast way to Chobits, uh, is the treatment, of course, of sex. (laughs) It was the first big one. So if you didn't listen to our Chobits episode, you should do that. That will come out before this one. And obviously we discussed a lot in that episode about how Chobits in the end is not about whether it is morally okay to love a persicom, which like maybe okay fine, but it adds all these weird extra philosophical like debate BS on top of it about whether you can have sex with the robot. <laughs> and and the answer is no, and can you still love the robot, right? So this is the total opposite of that. You know, this is the robot is made for sex. <laughs> <laughs> but they still don't have sex <laughs> until the very end. Which, of course. Um, so sex in this is also supposed to like, so the way that Rico awakens Knight when she first gets him and that he, it's a way that he will know that he is her lover is to kiss him. But then the way, the security measure that you're supposed to take (laughs) to ensure that, you know, other people can't just randomly kiss him and he gets reprogrammed to be their lover is that you have to have sex with him so that he imprints on you (laughs) like a weird werewolf or something. (laughs) No shade, Twilight. Okay. (laughs) And so... I mean, I definitely had a few lewd questions about the sex uh, having with this robot, um, but we don't we don't have to go there in this one. This one is a little more, a little less <laughs> lewd <laughs> than yes, <Chopin's>. yes. <laughs> um, funny how that works out. Funny, funny how yeah, there is sex, but it's less lewd. Wacky. Wacky, wacky. Somehow, somehow happened though. Hey everybody, Ash and I are actually adding a bit of recording here. So the first time we just obviously we brought up that one of the main differences between Absolute Boyfriend and Chobits is their portrayal of sex, particularly with Persicom slash figures. But then we didn't really elaborate on that at all and so we don't we don't have to live with that mistake we're just gonna record the next day and we're gonna add this bit in here so let's a go let's a go let's a go after's like but i don't want to talk about <laughs> sex with underage children but that's what that's what these mangas is about i don't know that's i mean that's it is what this manga is about Okay, so first I think it's important to note the gendered implications of the way sex is portrayed in both this and Chobits. You know, Rico bought a sex doll, uh, but what she really wanted from the start was romance. Like, she was always just like, boys never say that they'll date me and I, I wish I had a boyfriend. You know, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm so horny all the time. That's Hideki. (laughs) Uh, Hideki from the start was shown to be like sex is his desire. So I don't think that either like Hideki both 
wanted sex and wanted a persocom he did not want those to be the same thing (laughs) (laughs) you know like from the start that was not his goal and even though rico bought a sex doll i i don't think that was her goal either no she didn't know she she didn't know she didn't know it was a sex doll oh yeah she's silly like that Yeah. So I that's all to say that this is a pretty stereotypical gendered breakdown, at least in media, that, you know, it's like women want romance and, and men want sex. And I'm not saying that's right, but that <laughs> applies to everyone. I'm making a very general statement, okay? <laughs> that's, that's what happens in the media that we consume out here. Out here in, in the the realm of the living. Yeah. <laughs> the realm of not being computers. Well, generally, I'm talking about Western uh, audiences, but also Japan. It's actually mm. more gendered in Japan at this point, I believe. Mm, probably. Okay, so I would, I would say, correct me if I'm wrong, Asher, but I would say that sex is scary for women in both series. <laughs> Certainly it is for Chi, because she will be reset. Yeah. But Chi's like the only significant, I mean, aside from what's-her-face. I don't know which what's-her-face you're what's-her-facing. Yumi. Yumi. I would actually, I, I feel like sex is scary for women in all of Watase's works. because There's always consequences, right? Mm-hmm. Or it's always seen as a, a threatening thing, like... Mm-hmm. And I mean, I can't, I guess I can't say that for all Watase's work because I've only read or I've only consumed a portion of it, but that, that definitely is a theme I have seen in all Watase's work I have consumed. Mm -hmm. For Chobits, I think, so sex obviously is scary for Chi. For the other women, it seems more that actually love is scary and has consequences. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily romance even, but just like attachment any any sort of attachment um Mm -hmm. comes with disaster which you know that's um i i wouldn't say that's not realistic it's definitely we're getting a slice of just a lot of disaster but so much so much disaster uh but i would say for the rest of the women in uh, Chobits, it's not actually about sex. It is about attachment, more so even than love. And since we made a, a broad statement about Watase, like Clamp's works are usually focused on different types of love. I can't really think of other times where they really talk about sex. Am I misremembering? I feel like we haven't read more of their adult the sexy works. Ones? Yeah, we, well, I don't know if we've re- haven't read sexy ones, but we haven't read more of their adult works. Like Legal Drug. Yeah, we didn't read Legal Drug. We haven't done X. I don't think X touches sex that much, but like the ones where sex could come up conceivably, I don't think we've gotten to really. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, but since she is the main is, you know, aside from Hideki, the main character in Chobits. I think that in the end, we are left with like, sex is a scary thing. Oh, absolutely. And like, she gets molested constantly. And it is meant to be 
creepy and uncomfortable and a threat. So like, I'm not saying they don't like, yes, sex. I would say sex is not universally threatening in Chobits, but it is certainly portrayed as such in both Chobits and absolute boyfriend. Right. So in this way, well, I won't skip that. But so in in Absolute Boyfriend, Rico is like villainized by all the guys that she asks out because her fake friend Mika has spread lies about her being a slut. Mm-hmm. And Rico's like, whoa, news to me, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, Rico is also basically pressured or assaulted by every single significant man in this manga <laughs> um at some point mm-hmm. um like knight in the beginning is pretty aggressive until he realizes that good men should never force themselves on women um so she ends up pinning her to her bed in a bout of anger because she's in love with a sex figure more than him and tashiki the other fig- figure o2 uh you know, night, night, but upgraded <laughs> makes her think she had sex with him by drugging her and making her sleep in his bed naked, which strongly implies that he undressed her. He which had is to have, yeah, not cool. No, nothing Tashiki does is cool, right? And so, you know, you said in Chobits, like it's very purposely uncomfortable, and certainly the thing with Tashiki is uncomfortable and meant to be. Like it's it's weird how aggressive he is at that point in the story. It's scary. It's scary, yeah. I don't think that something like like Knight and Soshi doing it, it's like it's not I don't think it is funny, but it's not like unreasonable. Is that you know what I mean? It's I mean I think it's unreasonable. I don't <laughs> think it's no, I don't think it's portrayed as bad. I, I don't think the, the I think the narration that seems sounds weird to say about a a graphic novel. The narrative doesn't hold them accountable for these things, and I think sort of implies that these are normal things a lover you can expect from a male lover, right? And like, should, I guess that's what I meant by it's not racing. unreasonable. Like, it's just like expected. I don't think it's endorsed. No. But I think it's it's expected. Yes. I think it's expected within the the world of the narration, right? Like we don't have to agree with that because we are not, we are no longer living in 2005 Japan. (laughs) Yes. Um, We never were. We never were. (laughs) We did live in 2005, but not in Japan. And like, yeah. And like it was... You know, in our lifetimes, I think we have seen a push away from aggression as a sign of passion, um, particularly from male significant others. Like, we're moving away from that culturally. Like, that's not seen as, I mean, it still is actually seen as romantic in many, many, many minds, but I think fewer than there used to be. Yeah, I feel like now it's more like a fetish. Sure, sure. You gotta, you gotta um, go look for it. <laughs> well, yeah. you don't have to go look for it because it's everywhere. But like, it's it's. I feel like it's just, it's just understood that some women like that, but it's not actually universally right sexy anymore, right? Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Watase, yeah. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so also to elaborate a bit on, you know, what happens in show bits. I mean, really only the women are objectified and sexualized. And obviously the most threatening plot line is when she has to go work in the porn industry and is doing the peep show. Even without the part where it's like, oh, he almost touched her JJ and, uh, you know, reset her and reinitialize her or whatever. It's just bad because she has like a four-year-old mind and is not consenting to this in any way and doesn't understand sex. Mm -hmm. And it's just all, it's just all sorts of uncomfortable. And I still think that what's his, what's his name? Who? Angelic layer creator. Ah, Ichan. Oh, Ichan. He's, he's bad. (laughs) (laughs) He's the worst. It's like, you know, we may, at some point in this absolute boyfriend, I don't know if it actually is going to come before this. (laughs) uh, We talked about how Rico's dad is weird and creepy when he talks about how Rico as a child touched his bleep it's bleeped out i'm just doing what the manga does okay like i'm just (laughs) um and it's just like no no ichan has that guy like so so beat he's just like possessive christian dad who's like i'm my daughter's one and only (laughs) man so i must make it so that you can never have sex with another man it's just like you know what so creepy and so much gender is happening, and I don't like it. <laughs> no, it's pretty gross. So in the end, what I'm saying is neither manga is great about the sex. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that in the end, at least actually absolute boyfriends are like more hopeful and healthier <laughs> in the end. She does have sex with Knight uh, because they only because they achieved romance first, right? Like she's now like, oh, he's a nice guy. She trusts him. She feels like he's like really respectful of her and knows her intimately. So like it's not again, it's not a moral thing of like, how can I have sex with the figure? I don't even think that's Soshi's problem, right? Like Soshi's just like, okay. You can have sex with the figure, but how can he be your romantic? <laughs> how can he be your romantic partner? How he, he he you can't have children like you can't have a family with him. How how is that good? You know, it's like not about the sex. Similarly, Hideki and Chi's relationship is weird and unbalanced. Not because she's a person; it's because she's a child, and Hideki's her dad, and her dad is a creeper, and he <laughs> wants to bang her and can't. And I just don't. I can't. <laughs> I understand. (laughs) (laughs) Do you disagree? Do I disagree? Okay. I I actually, the way that I wrote these questions down in the notes is in Hideki and Chi's relationship, is there romance when, you know, Chi doesn't have that emotional maturity? Mm -hmm. And if sex is an act that reflects trust and intimacy or should, uh, does that mean Hideki and Chi can never have those ideals either? (laughs) Ooh. I mean, this is all so, like, beyond where the manga leaves off <laughs> that I I think Chi is capable of very quickly becoming an adult intelligence. 
I don't think she's there yet, and I don't know what the lifetime of a Chobits Persicom is supposed to be. Um, I still don't think it's that long. Right? uh, Yumi 1 certainly uh, didn't make it, but, I mean, she's special, so who knows? She's the special. She's the special. I mean, I I feel like there are different questions about love here, too. So you brought up that Soshi's problem is that how can your, what is he, is he just, he's a figure. How can your figure be your partner where the question in Chobits is, so, so Soshi's question is like, how can you have this traditional kind of partnership, right? Mm -hmm. Where the question in Chobits is not about that. It's about what is love? How many different kinds of love what, what, how many, what, what is the definite, like, it stretches the, the limits and the boundaries and the definition of love and includes, like, all sorts of uncomfortable to unwise and unbalanced connections that are still upheld as love. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say any of them are not love. I would just say many of them are not certainly not what I would consider desirable. So it's, it's a different question, right? I, I don't think mm-hmm. that one is necessarily more hopeful about the heart or about love than the other. I do think absolute boyfriend's ending is more realistic than Chobits. Yeah, despite being wackier Just overall, I super think. wacky. Yeah, and like having. Ooh, do I want to say this? Yeah, this may be true. Having less compelling characters. <laughs> <laughs> characters that see don't uh, strike me as real human beings okay the 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 ending is still more like makes more sense yeah <laughs> so much more sense <laughs> is made they both both absolute boyfriend and chobits go to wild places with very different tones right yes. like <laughs> Oh my goodness, just terrible. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. So we did also get a late question that we could now address from at Moontoons Art, who has who has been on the show before for a different episode. So it was I was about to ask about comparisons to the magic magical girlfriend's story tropes, which is a entry on Beloved, beloved TV tropes. All I have to say is Hideki is a schmuck. (laughs) (laughs) At least Rico's not a schmuck. (laughs) Is she the high school girl equivalent of a schmuck, though? Ooh. (laughs) I I think, no, I don't, I think that's just something different. Okay, it's just like I'm thinking about how she is described by other characters as like kind of a loser. <laughs> wow, uh, she is though. So she says it. So she says. So she knows. So she knows. Like we can trust Soshi's opinion on this. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Ugh. I mean. Okay, we're going to talk about magical girlfriend trope and the reversal of it in Absolute Boyfriend. I, again, think I have to give the point to Absolute Boyfriend, though. <laughs> because, you know, in Chobits, 
chi is pretty powerful and magical and has a unfortunately placed on off switch, but otherwise is like gonna rule the world, you know, like <laughs> she can control all the other person comes like that's pretty magic. And Hideki is peak schmuck again. <laughs> I'm very team Hideki is peak schmuck. Sure, um, sure, sure. Whereas in Absolute Boyfriend, like night is shown, like maintaining night is annoying. <laughs> you know, is it magical that your boyfriend can get destroyed and have to go to the Apple store? Like, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> And, like, you can't even visit them in the Apple store because, yeah, you can't just go visit your computer that you needed to put a new battery in, you know? Like, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. You can go visit a human in the hospital and feel sad together, you know? Like, what is this? (laughs) Interesting. I actually feel that night is a more perfect purse, like, more ideal Mm -hmm. ideal boyfriend than she is an ideal girlfriend. So for me, <laughs> yes, okay. Knight is more of this magical boyfriend thing, but I also see what you're saying as like, no, the experience is literally more magical with Chi because she's like super powered, yeah. even for a Persicom. Like Knight is special because he's a robot, but all the other robots can do what he does. Right. They can do it better than him. <laughs> yeah, because he's the prototype and he sucks. <laughs> yeah. Comparatively. I. Yeah. I mean, I also think, again, he's supposed to be a very ideal lover. Is he actually? Like, I'm not convinced. (laughs) Like, she certainly is not. Yes. That's because she's four. Right. (laughs) In her mind, you know? Right. Um, But you just said that you believe that she could rapidly become, you know, 30. I think she could. In that case, then, yeah, she might but as she stands uh even by the end of Chobe, it's like no absolutely not <laughs> absolutely not no oh this brings up fan service and i'm like oh did we get some good fan service of night in this not really we saw his nip nops oh we did see his nip nops he had he almost had sex with that one lady oh yeah that that one lady almost stole him away from Rico. Yeah, I forgot about that lady. I, we got to see her her nip nops too. We saw you were a lot of nip nops. <laughs> you were like, "This is a shoujo manga." I was surprised, and I was like, "It's a watase manga." How dare you? <laughs> watase is not afraid to show you nip nops <laughs> in your shoujos. <laughs> Watase is breaking down all the barriers <laughs> between gender, <laughs> expectations. <laughs> Watase doesn't care. And I respect that, Watase. <laughs> I respect it. Fair enough, Watase. Fair enough, Watase. Yeah, so that's, that's I think this time, now we've done justice. <laughs> we did it. To this mid-manga. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I probably can't even slot that in anyway, so it doesn't matter what I'm saying now. <laughs> okay. 
with this very cool and like smooth segue into wherever this goes. Yeah, smooth. <laughs> wherever this goes. Peace. <laughs> Later. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I'm just like okay. At least we like again, I I like absolute boyfriend for not going to the BS philosophical illogical moral questions that show its ass you know like it's like i think wackier things happen in absolute boyfriend that you're like humans don't have that much suspension of disbelief in real life it's a Mm rom-com fine mm -hmm. whatever but like the moral questions that it asks are like the things around loving a computer that is concerned with it like actually takes those relatively seriously (laughs) and i'm like i appreciate that actually so you know like so she will be like how can you love like this this computer can't age with you people will think you're super weird Mm -hmm. (laughs) and 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 like yeah he'll i don't even think so she brings up that he'll malfunction but it's just so obvious to all of us that that would happen you know like and it does eventually happen and i'm just like thank you and i think it has shown that it's it's okay to have sex with the robot right (laughs) but it's maybe not okay to think that the robot is your forever person you know the person just for you (laughs) yeah or i mean maybe it's okay because rico does make that choice but it's not gonna work out yeah like you can you can do that, but it's not you can't your life can't be dominated by that. Yeah. And so I I just I appreciate this this part of it, which is wrapped up in the second way that yeah, like I think overall the loving computer thing, as as we just said, is like a bit <laughs> like more nuanced actually, I think, in in absolute boyfriend, I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna say that. <laughs> like, like, you can you can have your cake and eat it too, I guess. In in this manga, and that's fine, <laughs> because in the end, she must love a human boy. I also did love one Soshi. Well, so let me let me take a step back here. So like, Watase claims in a side bar <laughs> somewhere at the end that her one and only theme is matters of the heart. And I think that really came out when Soshi was like, he was like, uh, saying you like both of us just means uh, you have never loved somebody with your whole heart. And I was like, oh, it's not necessarily correct, but it's nice. It's a nice teenage, deep philosophical thing to say. Mm-hmm. This is the level I will accept in a manga. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Asher's like, I can't tolerate this polyamory erasure. Well, I I can... No, it makes sense between these two who don't know anything and, like, given when it was made. Yeah, it'd be nice to have polyaffirmation, but that's not what I came to Absolute Boyfriend for. Yeah, so she knows Rico... And he knows she hasn't had this love for anybody. <laughs> I think he's correct, you know? Mm-hmm. In a way, Rico has all along been programming Soshi. 
And he's like, why didn't you see it? Why, why you no see? <laughs> why it take actual program boy to make you see? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's fair, Soshi. It's fair. It's a fair question. Also, does Knight have a heart? Apparently. N- no, he has something simulating a heart. <laughs> she, he has a heartbeat. <laughs> he has a heartbeat. Does that <laughs> and then it stops and he's dead oh my gosh they did imply that they're like maybe someday we can repair him in like decades can you imagine no I hate that ending I hate it I don't want that to happen yeah no terrible stupid I also do have to say that the most lewd that this manga gets is actually, so we mentioned that there are never any parents around is because they're all like, our parents are working overseas because the fancy like journalists and media people and stuff. Yeah. So they've been assigned other places. But so Rico's dad is sure is a dad. (laughs) (laughs) So they come back at one point and they're like, who, who is this man living in our apartment? And it's night because he's a robot. He doesn't have a house. Like right. <laughs> He just lives with Rico in their apartment. And so her dad, in the very beginning, there was this little scene where Rico, while they're taking a bath together, is like, what is this thing dangling from you? And God. he's like, you will grow one someday too. And the mom was like, don't tell her lies. <laughs> and so the whole thing with like night is that he's like, oh my gosh, are you guys having sex? It's not so long ago that she was touching my bleep. And the mom's like, well, now she's old enough, almost old enough to touch other people's bleep. Yeah, no, no thanks. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? Gross. <laughs> That's still not as gross as, as certain things in Trobits, but <laughs> True. it's pretty gross. True. The other reason that we are like, how about Watase just sits down for 10 years <laughs> instead of do anything? <laughs> is that just all of her side columns are wild, like a wild cry for help. <laughs> just please, please help this person. Just try- Watase is all like, I'm making Genbu Kaiden at the same time. I have my own anthology. It's just powered by manga from me. It's like, oh, no. no. <laughs> just absolutely not. Um, then she's like, I try to be a like health nut. I eat really healthy, but I can never exercise. And I'm so tired. And I, <laughs> my hand hurts. And my back hurts. And everything is just pain and i hate shoujo manga and romance is dumb and like oh boy and then everything i know about like you know i i feel like um yeah watase always wanted to work in shonen manga but that was even worse like her run with arata and things with her editor were just not good mm-hmm. <laughs> also some wild columns in there some of it's funny. Some of it's like, I bought a big old box of Frosted Flakes in America for $3. <laughs> and it lasted me all week. In Japan, it's more expensive and I run out of it much quicker. Why is everything so good in America? <laughs> Perspective. 
yeah. So as we said in the beginning, we actually like the side stories more than the actual meat of the manga. So we'll talk about those briefly here. You can summarize them. Great. Um, <laughs> so I believe the first one was called I Don't Want You to Become a Star. And it is about a girl, Chima, I think was her name. So Chima can see ghosts, apparently. That's fun. Always fun. Immediately way more fun than Absolute Boyfriend. <laughs> and so she sees a very cute boy on the train and she's like, ooh, I like him. Maybe someday I can talk to him. But then she stops seeing him on the train and she's like, oh, no, I wonder where he went. So it turns out that he is dead, but just he's not actually dead. He's he's in a coma. But spoilers. How are we going to talk about it without spoiling it? It's true. We're in the spoiler section. That's true. It's fine. And so it's he accidentally killed two of his classmates by falling off a ladder, which... No, but that's but that's okay. Um, and yeah, so she's trying to make them stop haunting the school where they fell off the ladder at and trying to make him in particular not die when she finds out that he's actually in a coma. And it was it was cute. I liked it as a as a premise. I think it still had some of the silly like this is a bit too silly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> for for me things at the end there where he's like pretending to be dead and then he's she's like just kidding <laughs> <laughs> some of the funny things are actually just like no that's pretty funny um they have a great dialogue where they're like so all of the people who died are members of the student council um so they're they're little nerds and they haven't really done anything so they're like we're finally going to put an end to our boring social lives <laughs> but we ended up putting an end to our actual lives dough and it's like that's that's good like i feel bad for it. laughing but no it was there for for you to laugh so that's that's okay and like sukasa was cute but eh. yeah Asher, of course, loves anything like Dorogami's. I like, love one. ghosts. Yeah, those ghosts. <laughs> Only fictional ghosts, though. Real ghosts scare me. You're like, Halloween is too spooky. Halloween <laughs> is too spooky. <laughs> I don't like spooky ghosts. Yeah. I just like. You, you don't want horror ghosts. I li- exactly. I like the idea of ghosts and how they would interact with the world. I don't like ghosts that are there to scare you. Is Noragami, like, almost too scary for you? (laughs) Not because of the ghosts. I think it's because I'm actually just, like, way too invested in the characters at this point. (laughs) I'm just scared of what will happen to them. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, like, reading horror doesn't freak me out as much as moving horror with noises. So, like, the Noragami... Like, Noragami doesn't have any jump scares, though, really. Yeah. I still remember when I played Bioshock and there were jump scares and I almost threw a controller at my cat. (laughs) Because he jumped up behind me while I was playing the game and I was just like, no! (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't like scary things at all. I am a chicken. Please don't do that to me. Okay, so the next story was called Aromatic. 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 Yeah. I can read you guys. (laughs) Well, that's probably just one of those words you've never heard pronounced out loud. That's true. Like aroma, sure. (laughs) Right. That's what it comes from. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So this is about... What was it? Takisugu. Takisugu is a high school student who work whose like family is super runs a, a incense school. And so he, he his older brother, I think, accuses him of misusing school grounds and, and like their talents by um he like sniffs he can smell people's pheromones and then match them together romantically. So he he tries he has a side hustle doing this. He's like, pay me thirty dollars and uh, <laughs> I'll match you with a, a good partner after I I take a little sniff. And so the the thrust of it actually becomes about a girl, Hatsune, I believe was her name. Yes, that's her name. I remember her name, but not his. Ah. <laughs> um. So Hatsune has no scent, but comes to him and is like, "Hey, I would like." to be paired with somebody and the subplot is about how the the librarian who he thinks that he likes a lot is actually just selling drugs to children. So <laughs> wacky. That part's wacky. But I think of course Hasane is actually in love with him and he ends up liking her and I thought they were really cute. Yes. I really like No, I them. agree. Where's the manga, the full manga about them, Watase, except don't because you need to sit down yes. for a decade. Yes. No. It's perfect the way it is. Just, yeah, this is the Like, where, right would, it, where would it go from there? Their librarian was selling drugs. Like, where are you going to go? <laughs> Hard drug. I love that it was. It started with, like, I've been giving kids pills. What kind of pills? We don't know, but they seem to have very bad effects. And then it's like, do you want some marijuana? And it's like, okay, see, no, the scale of this is wrong. (laughs) Japan. (laughs) Scale of this is wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Them them hard drugs like marijuana. Gateway drug. (laughs) No. Right. I don't even do drugs, and I still that know that that's a no. <laughs> that's not. That's not it. Goodness gracious, Takisugu is definitely more my visual type than any man that we've discussed so far appearing on these manga pages. Just for the record, <laughs> fair, fair enough. <laughs> I like him more visually too, and I'm not even. That's not my thing. Yeah, so that's all I'm saying. The real star of Absolute Boyfriend is Hatsune <laughs> and Takisugu <laughs> in this side story. Hatsune Miku. Hatsune! <laughs> Every <Yeah>. time. <laughs> Hatsune Miku always has to come up in these persicum. <laughs> <laughs> well, we went the whole time without mentioning Vocaloids. How could we? How could we? We can't. It's impossible. My precious, precious Vocaloids. I made my friends go, or so I made my ex-boyfriend and a friend go see Ia, who's a Vocaloid at a anime com. And at first, the like, my ex-boyfriend was like, this is going to be terrible. Uh, my friend was like, okay, I think it will be funny. And that's fine. 
And I was like, oh, hell yeah, I got to do this. <laughs> like, I got I got to see. Uh, but definitely my ex-boyfriend was just like, this is so dumb the whole time. My friend got bored after like 10 minutes and I was just like, yeah, <laughs> this is so silly and dumb and I love it. <laughs> like, that's just who I am as a person. That's critical context. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. I'm still stuck on how Clamp and Watase are the same. Like both of them just working on like three series at a time. And it's like, please just don't. <laughs> please sleep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Please exercise. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Anyway, I hope they're friends, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have some user questions to comments to discuss. So, at Licious on Twitter said, did the manga um, have any of her future queer subtext? Unfortunately, no. I think the answer is No. Also, I'm like, is it future queer subjects? Because Nariko was in OGFY. That's like, oh, this is what I was going to say earlier. You know, everybody gets obsessed with this. This is relevant to this question, too, I swear. <laughs> everybody hang with me before I forget again. Everybody gets so hung up on like clamp and tracking their whole metaverse nonsense of themselves and there's four of them and how do their personalities interact and there's kind of secretive and like plotting all that books and essays and all these things about clamp and i'm like no no what i want i want is somebody to sit here and track the queerness first of all the queerness through watase's manga and her coming out as ex-gender and how that makes sense and all that stuff. And also, I want everybody to compile all of her sidebars and <laughs> just be like, this is a detriment to this is a condemnation of the manga industry. And that's what I really want. <laughs> I want somebody to write some nice book slash essays um both chronicling the hardcore history of watase and also you know expounding some some nice theories about gender and thoughts about shoujo manga and shonen and all that good stuff so at small penguin eight on twitter says i think absolute boyfriend is vaguely sci-fi night is technologically advanced and lifelike in ways that aren't possible yet and the ending is bittersweet I'm going to guess that Small Penguin 8 likes Absolute Boyfriend. Yes. I can agree with, <laughs> with it. It is vaguely sci-fi, especially when it got weird, when it was like Gaku and Ko and, ba- and Boss Babies are from a different dimension. It's like, what's happening? <laughs> um, I, I believe that, okay, so Watase predicted in a side column, she was like, I think humanoid, you know, robots that are pretty good will exists not in this century but the next century and i'm like possibly if we survive until then only if we survive (laughs) becomes more and more doubtful every 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 year (laughs) every day um the ending is bittersweet it is i definitely was like i'm having emotions even though i don't want to because my intellectual brain is just like oh no <laughs> like, no 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 like i dislike this i don't like 
Sochi just like being a runner up. I don't like, I think what I don't like is that Watase thinks of it as like, in the end, she ends up with Sochi. And I'm like, no, no, she doesn't. <laughs> so at EHG Superstar on Twitter, I will say also that it's hard for me to read your non word names because I still can't see fully out of either of my eyes. So I, it trips me up more to see, not be able to infer the next letters, right? So that's part of my issue <laughs> right now. Um, so I'd rank absolute boyfriend. So at EJ Superstar, EHG Superstar on Twitter says, I'd rank absolute boyfriend as mid-level Watase. I wonder if it'll come up that Viz publicly has said the one Watase title they won't ever touch is Sakuragari which is unlike anything else they've done, and I feel her masterpiece, but they find the content too controversial. Annoyingly, they seem to be the only English company who have the rights to Watase's material. Oh, and to be clear, mid-level Watase is not meant to be a put-down at all. I'd probably place it as my fourth fave of her major works under Sakuragari, Fushigigi, and Cerez, in that order. Um, so I had actually completely forgotten about Sakuragari. I do remember when it came out. I think it came out only slightly after Absolute Boyfriend and like Genbu Kaiden had that gap so I'd have to go look again if it was like between the gap or after all of Genbu Kaiden too. I remember at the time being like yeah I hope that Viz brings it over with probably with the assumption that they would because it was a Watase thing and Watase was queen of shoujo <laughs> at this time. Um, but Sakuragari is a BL manga, and apparently the reason that Viz says they won't... So Sublime, the, the Viz imprint Sublime, was actually the one who said they wouldn't bring it over because it one of the plot points is underage rape. Mm -hmm. Which, like, fair enough, but also, didn't you all see that coming from, from what I say? Like, it was inevitable. Always so much, like, Fushigi Yugi, spoilers, I guess, but, like, Fushigi Yugi and Absolute Boyfriend. And I don't really remember some of the other ones that we have not yet read yet, but I'm sure, probably, like, Cerez feature, like, things that I guess we would call assaults that are don't end up being full rape, but they are definitely, like, fake-out rapes. Mm -hmm. It's just, like... Yeah, it would make sense that Watase would then be like, well, actual rape <laughs> is an inevitability. But also Watase apparently did say in one of these side columns in here that she was like, it's never the women's fault yeah, if she is raped. That is like the fault of bullies and crappy people who, who do it, which I'm like, okay, that's good. That's good to state clearly. Oh, going back to the the queer question actually for a hot second too is the uh, the only other time it came I feel like it came up in a side column that Watase was like in America I held hands with my female friend and apparently that gets misconstrued in America they thought we were lesbians <laughs> and I'm not a lesbian and she's like lesbianism is fine but but I'm not a lesbian you know <laughs> I was just like this is comedic and strange and okay <laughs> um so that's 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 the real thing here 
Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess we are never going to get Sakura. I should never say never in the current media climate. So I think this also should inspires us to rank the Watases that we remember, the three Watases that have been covered on this podcast so far, including Absolute Boyfriend, which are Shigi Yamukaiden, Fushigi Yugi, and Absolute Boyfriend. That is the ranking I would give them. I assume it is also the ranking you would give them, Asher. Yeah, I think so. We are in consensus. Yes. I will I will say that I remember really liking Cerez when I was, you know, again, 15. <laughs> I really liked Cerez. Um, and I was obsessed with Toya in particular. Very much my type. <laughs> um, so I look forward to doing that on this podcast. And uh, it will almost certainly beat out Absolute Boyfriend. I don't... It, probably will beat out OG Shigi, but don't quote me. Don't quote me right now. I really don't remember much about it. Um, so that's ap- Absolute Boyfriend, I think. Did we do it? Did we, we did, did it. We... <laughs> Mostly I did it. Yeah, you did. You had a lot more to say about it than I did. I don't... I'm just this like... This is just a one-person podcast. Just a monologue. <laughs> the Ashley Diaries. Oh my goodness. I could just talk about Chojo manga by myself for 50 minutes. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, that's a, I don't know that I like that. I think that's a condemnation of me. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> thanks again for listening to Shoujo Until. Comments, questions, constructive criticism, concerns. Need to gush about your OTP? Email shoujointel at gmail.com or leave a comment on the episode's YouTube page. We're at Shoujo and Tell on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. Asher, can people find you on the internet? No. No. Okay. Are you excited every time you see a new episode from us? If so, please consider leaving a rating on Apple Podcasts. This will help the podcast reach more hearts, or at least ears. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next time for probably Marmalade Boy with Lucy from the Clampcast podcast. Speaking of clamp all the time, <laughs> let's, just, let's just bring in Clampcast. <laughs> Uh, don't quote me on that being the next episode, though. It will be, it's definitely going to be an episode that happens in the near future. But maybe Asher and I will manage to do another thing. Maybe I will stop being so scared of everybody who exists on the internet and be like, hey, do you guys want to talk to me for an hour <laughs> about Jojo manga? We'll find out. Stay tuned. Until then, bye. Bye.